Hi, I'm Omari. And hi, I'm Ethan. And this is the 11th episode of Corona Kids. A podcast where we talk about some of the questions that kids have about SARS-CoV-2 and the disease that it causes, COVID-19. Omari, we have taken a couple months off of the podcast, but we're back, as promised, because we had a few people call in with questions, right? Mm-hmm. Before we get to one of those questions today, though, I thought maybe you could give us an update on what your summer has been like because of the pandemic. What have you been doing? Um. Well, I've been... I've done... Some camps like Camp Edmo and like Robot Camp. In person? No, on Zoom. Uh-huh. Does it feel like you're in summer camp when you're just sitting in our living room in front of a screen connecting with other kids around the country? No. It doesn't feel like you're in camp. No. How is it different? Because you're not with each other. Do you still feel, though, like you're getting to meet new kids and sort of make friends with some of them and have a fun time in these Zoom summer camps? Yes. Is there one activity that you've really enjoyed that you want to share with the listeners? Um... Sure. Making a giant paper airplane at Camp Edmo. That sounds like a lot of fun. Did you fly it? Mm, Yes. Have you flown anything else this summer? A model rocket. Or launched a model rocket. And how did that turn out? Well, one of them was in the tree, so it got stuck. So it sounds like you're still having something that feels a little bit like a summer, even though you're not getting to go to camp and you're not getting to spend much time in person with your friends. Yes. So I mentioned right after the introduction that we actually had a couple of people call in with questions recently. We got two excellent questions from Frank and Adrian in Pittsburgh, who are very devoted listeners, but we're going to save their questions for episode 12, right? Yes. And we're going to do a meals question. All right. So let's take a listen to the question received from Emil. I'm six years old, and how long does it take to make a vaccine? Well, thanks so much for the question, Emil, from Albany, New York. I feel like this is something we've kind of talked about a little bit in past episodes, which is, you know, how long is it going to take to develop a vaccine, and then how long will it take for that vaccine to become available to everyone? But do you have any updates for our listeners on how it's going with vaccine development? So right now, um, I think it might take like, like sometime in 
twenty twenty one, it will get the vaccine. Like maybe like next summer, or around that time. Why do you think that's the case? Do you have any information that you want to share with our listeners about? So, I actually listened to a daily episode, and it told me. So you listened to one of the New York Times daily podcast episodes with Michael Barbaro, that talked about what's called Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed. Do you want to give a little bit of information about what exactly Operation Warp Speed is? Um. Well, what I know in that podcast one, um, I know that there's phase one, phase two, and phase three. That's it. You just explained everything there is to know about vaccine development. No. Let's back up for a second. So Operation Warp Speed is a program that is funded by the United States government, right? And they're giving what are called pharmaceutical companies, which are companies that develop medicine, money to help support their efforts to develop a vaccine that would be effective against the SARS-CoV-2 virus, right? Yes. Okay. That money is supposed to be used to do two things, right? One is to actually do the work to develop and then trial potential vaccines. Yes. Okay, and that's where you started talking about phase one, two, and three, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail in a second. But the other part of that Operation Warp Speed program is to pay these companies a lot of money to start developing hundreds of millions of doses of their potential vaccines even before they've been approved for use. So more than trillions of vaccines, like trillion, billion, millions of vaccines? There are hundreds of millions of doses of potential vaccines being manufactured right now. So soon will there be trillions and billions? No. Billions, sure. Possibly billions by probably, like you said, 2021. But do you think that all of those doses of vaccines are going to be used? No. Why? Because there's so many more than like, um, um, like a billion. So let's start talking about those phases of trialing, right? Yeah. So here's what is happening. Companies are developing what they think might be good vaccines. Some of those vaccines actually take some of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that has been inactivated. So it's kind of like killing it, but then they inject that into someone's body as part of this vaccine. And then the immune system can recognize that virus and starts producing antibodies and T-cells and other things that your immune system uses to fight off viruses. 
Um, what does inject mean? It means when you go in to get a vaccine, they usually put some in a syringe that has a needle in it, and then they stick the needle into your arm or your leg, and then they squirt the liquid into your body. That's called an injection. Oh, that hurts. It can. Anyway, so some of these companies are developing vaccines that use inactivated SARS-CoV-2 virus. Some of them are using messenger RNA. Some of them are using other viruses with little bits of RNA from the coronavirus. They're all sorts of complicated, really technical things that these companies are doing to develop different types of vaccines. The point I'm trying to make is there are something like 165 different vaccines that companies are testing out right now to see how well they work against SARS-CoV-2. Okay. Now, most of those potential vaccines are in what are called non-clinical trials right now. Do you remember what non-clinical trials are? Um, so when they test in animals and, um, to see if they work, it works in animals. Exactly. So the first step usually in developing a vaccine is to inject usually either mice or monkeys. A lot of the trialing has been done in monkeys with these COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, to see if the potential vaccines make the immune systems of those animals respond in a way that the developers want the immune system to respond. Okay, so are we done with our episode yet? No. Because is that the end of vaccine development? No. So once a company has passed the non-clinical trials it enters a different step in the development of a vaccine. Do you remember what the next step is? Is it phase one? It is phase one. So phase one is actually step two. Does that make sense? Yes. And step three is actually phase 45. No, phase two. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you remember any of the details about what phase one testing usually involves for a potential vaccine? I forget. This is when a very small number of humans say, hey, you know what? You can try that potential vaccine on me and make sure it doesn't turn my toes into pudding. <laughs> what about turn toes into piggy bags? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Phase one trialing usually only involves a, a small number of people, and it's mostly focused on making sure that the immune response that the company saw in animals also happens in humans. So if a potential vaccine passes non-clinical trialing in animals, and then phase one trialing in a small group of people, then what happens? Phase dos. Phase dos, exactly. <laughs> Do you remember what phase dos involves? <laughs> it's phase two. Yes. I don't know. Well, let me give you a hint. 
if phase one involves a small number of people. Uh, oh, yeah. It involves a large amount of people. An enormous, an enormous, boreness, doorness, piggy bank, doorness. Not quite. Phase two trialing usually involves hundreds or a, a thousand or two thousand or people. thousand? Sure. Okay, but not so many. The point of phase two trialing is to make sure that the vaccine is safe and that there aren't what are called unintended side effects of the vaccination. Do you know what an unintended side effect is? It's when people get COVID-19? Nope. It's when something happens to someone that no one wanted to happen that was not an expected result. So, for example, if I give you a vaccination against COVID-19. Yeah. And this is where maybe it makes your hair fall out. Or makes, like, my toes turn into piggy banks. Or it can have really serious side effects, like it might cause liver failure, or it might cause irregular heartbeats, or things that could be really dangerous for people's health. So phase two trialing is mostly focused on making sure that there aren't unintended side effects. So if a potential vaccine passes non-clinical trialing in animals, phase one trialing in a small group of people to make sure that the immune response that was observed in animals also happens in human, passes phase two trialing where scientists can make sure that there are not unintended side effects of the vaccine, then it goes into phase three testing, right? Yeah. What is phase three testing like? Phase one had very few people. Phase two had more people. Do you think phase three has fewer people? Um, it has fewer than two, but more than one. It has more than both of them. In phase three trialing, usually companies try to get 20,000 or more people to take their potential vaccine. Some of the people who participate don't get the vaccine. They get what's called a placebo, which is, you know, you go in, you get a shot, you think you're getting the vaccination, but it's usually just like salt water or something. Or like, or like, like butternut squash. No, I don't think that they inject you with butternut squash. <laughs> that would be a very strange placebo. <laughs> Anyway, so the point of phase three trialing is then to make sure that it actually works. They can track to see if the people who got the vaccination were better able to fight off a potential COVID-19 illness than people who just got the placebo um, and make sure that they can track that the immune system and the people that got the vaccination is doing something that the immune systems and the people who only got the placebo are not showing. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, if a vaccine makes it through all of those phases, then what happens? Um, it's approved. Right. Different governments can approve it for use in the general public at that point. Yeah. Are any of the vaccines that are being developed already in phase three trialing? Um, yeah, some. Absolutely. There are eight that are, as of today, it's August 22nd when we're recording this, that are 
already in phase three trialing, which means they're getting pretty close. Now, normally a company would wait until after phase three trialing to start making doses of the vaccine. But do you remember, did I already say whether these companies are already getting paid by the United States government to start making hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine even before they finish trialing? No, you didn't say that yet. Or maybe you did that. I don't know. Well, are they? Um, yes. Yes, that's part of Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed. That the U.S. government has spent something like $10 billion to give these companies lots of money to start manufacturing doses of their vaccines so that if and when they finish phase three trialing, there are already a bunch of doses that are ready to go. Some of these companies think that they might be done with phase three trialing by the end of 2020. And so if they find that in phase three trialing that their vaccines are safe and effective, it could be that by early 2021, or like you said, definitely by summer of 2021, hopefully, there is at least one vaccine on the market. There might be several vaccines available already at that point. So to answer Emil's question, it seems like companies are on track to break the record for the fastest vaccine development ever and probably have a usable vaccine ready to go in the United States by early 2021. That'd be my guess. How about yours? Same as your guess. It is worth noting, do you remember we talked about there are a couple of countries that have already approved vaccines for use? Yes, but they only did like phase one and phase two, or like just phase one. Yeah, so in Russia, they approved the use of a vaccine that's only been through phase one testing so far. Do you think that's a good idea? No. Right. A lot of doctors and scientists came out and said, whoa, 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 not a good idea. Got to pump the brakes, guys. I know you're excited about getting a vaccine out to help save people's lives, but you really got to go through all three phases of testing. There's another vaccine that was approved for limited use in a different country. Do you remember where? In China? Yeah. The Chinese military approved limited use just within the military of a vaccine that's been through phase two testing and has already begun phase three testing but has not finished phase three testing. Yes. So I think we'll save some of the conversation about topics that we've sort of talked about in the past but maybe have changed a little bit since we talked about them, like how many people are going to need to get the vaccination in order for it to really be effective at keeping everyone safe from COVID-19 and maybe who's going to pay for it and who should get vaccinations first. We'll save all that for another episode. Okay. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with a surprise for our listeners, right? Yeah. We'll be right back. After this public service announcement. Hey, you there. 
I heard that they're going to have a COVID-19 vaccine and it's going to make you sick. I don't think so. You're not going to get a vaccine when it comes out, are you? I am. Why on earth would you do that? They're just trying to control your body. They're not. Vaccines are good for everyone. If you are able to take vaccines, go for it. Okay, we are going to try something new today for this episode, which is we are going to invite a special guest to join us on Corona Kids for the very first time in the history of the podcast. Right, Omari? Yes. Who have we chosen for our exclusive first guest on Corona Kids? My cousin, Emil. Your cousin, Emil, who left us the question that we just discussed? Yeah. This must be the Emil episode then. Episode 11, E for Emil, E for 11. Emil, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Good. So we invited you to be our first guest because of something that happened to you recently. And I'm going to let Omari ask you some questions about that experience, okay? So first, what is your favorite Corona Kids episode? Um, I think it was number six because wasn't that the one that is like the piggy uh, bank uh, one? Huh? Um, that was past six. So that was like number nine? I think it was eight. Yeah, eight maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my favorite episode because... A lot of jokes in it. Robbing the pig. Uh, robbing a pig in a suit. Yeah. So. Like a worker in suit. So the next question is going to be about your test to see if you had COVID 19 or no. So, why did you take the test is the first question. Um, so I had a headache one day and then I like the next day my headache was hot so the next day when I went to bed the bed got a little warm and it got my head a little warmer so it like turned into a fever so we wanted to check if I had COVID-19 um but we didn't really think it was possible we weren't really sure. We weren't that positive, but I was negative. Okay, so the next question is, how did it feel? Well, um, before I got the test, she said it was like kind of getting water in your nose. Um, but my mom agreed how I explained her how it felt, but I didn't really agree. I think it like just tickled a little bit in the beginning, then it like kind of hurt because she was moving it around. Okay. Well, can I, can I interrupt and ask a clarifying question? Okay, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more, Emil, about 
what they actually did when you went to get the test? Like, did you have to go into a doctor's office? Was it a drive-through? It was a drive-through. We had to, like, wait for traffic. And then they, like, you, when we just first got there, they used signs because they didn't want us to open the windows. So I actually got the test. They didn't want to social distance. And so, like, they didn't want to get close, so they used signs. Then we had to wait a little while, so we continued listening to um, Corona Kids until it was time, and we continued with the episode. And that was the piggy bank one. Wait, so you're telling me that when you went to get your COVID-19 test, you were listening to the Corona Kids podcast in the car yes which one i think it was the piggy bank one so you you didn't even have to leave the car and then when it came time to do the test did you just like roll the window down or what happened we next rolled the window down and then a giant sasquatch came with a baseball bat and stuck that up your nose. That was the next step. Um, it was like some school teacher or something. Uh, I think she was a first grade teacher. And yeah. And she stuck her finger up your nose. <laughs> um. I didn't really get a very good look at the Q-tip. Um, but I think, as I remember it, it, it looked kind of like a regular Q-tip. Hmm. Do you know what they did with that Q-tip after they stuck it in your ear? It was in the nose. Oh. So they put it in your nose. They got like a little sample of your brain. Did they stick it that far up that it touched your brain or? I think farther than my boogies at least. Did it come out the top of your head? Come on. I think it might be the funnier than the piggy bank one. <laughs> All right, so someone who might have been a first grade school teacher had you roll down the window, they had a what looked like a normal Q-tip. Did you have to tilt your head back? Not really. I don't think they told me to tilt my head back. I think they either told me to tilt my head back or not. But if they did tell me, I don't think they told me that much. Like, only this much. Okay. And then they stuck the Q-tip in, and you thought it tickled a little bit. And then like cut because she was moving around. Did it feel like when you pick your nose really aggressively to try to get a booger out? Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then do you know what she did with that Q-tip? I don't know. So what's the next thing that happened to you? We just went, um, went home and keep listening to the podcast. She said, I deserve ice cream. So we went to some place, like Clock Natural Foods. That's where I 
got your Star Wars bag of mine, and they had the little uh, container with Instagram and stuff, and I got a strawberry shortcake thing. Whoa. Is that your favorite flavor? Strawberry shortcake? Um, I like it because um, it has strawberry and vanilla. It's my first two flavors favorite ice cream, but mine go with regular strawberry. Um, so my last question is did you like getting tested or no? Well, I like, hmm, at first I was like, I don't think we should get the test. I think I'm fine. We can just go through it because we think I don't really have it. So, and we're right most of the time. So, but we just weren't. I think it was the day after I got the fever. After I got the fever, I think we went. But it might have been the same day. It took a long time to, like, tell us. But when I went to your house, we looked at the results before we decided. So you said it, You said that when you got the test results back, that they came back negative. You did not have COVID-19. No, so that's why we decided to go on your house, to your house. So... I have a qu- another question for you, which does not involve coronavirus, which is, um, are you going to go to my house again um, at my birthday? Um, I think we might go to some place halfway to your house. But maybe, yeah. Okay. You also said that it took a long time to hear back that... It was a negative result. How long do you think it took to hear back? I think it was like about a week. Whoa, a week. A week or two. That's one of the problems right now with testing is that it's taking a long time for people to get their results back. And that's a big problem. Like if you're trying to decide whether you should go to your cousin's house, you have to really plan in advance, like two weeks in advance to get that test. And then yeah. in two, two weeks' time, maybe you came into contact with someone with COVID-19 you didn't even know. And you do have it, even though you get a negative test result, right? It's, it's, it's really unfortunate that it takes so long right now. Yeah, but if you're, like, really positive, if you maybe have it, you need to, like, know right away. Exactly, yeah. Omari, do you have any other last questions for our special guest, Emil? Um, no. Emil, do you have any questions for us? No. Well, I want to thank you very much for your willingness to be our first special guest on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for joining us for the 11th episode of Corona Kids. Omari, if other people 
have questions that they'd like to share with us so that we can discuss it in a future episode, what number should they call? 845-481-3620. You can also email us at coronakidpodcast at gmail.com. We promise we will record a future episode to discuss your question. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace.